Hey, welcome. Episode 8. We're finally recording together. Why don't you introduce us, Dill? Alright, y'all. Welcome to episode 8 of the pod. It's nice to physically, you know, be in the same room together and we'll make the ideas flow a little better on... Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about the idea of the NFL being back. Heard a report earlier in the week that uh, training camps to veterans will be reporting on July 28th. We'll talk more in detail about that. We will also invite in Kyle to talk fantasy football. Yes, it is never too early to be talking fantasy football, guys. So we'll be talking about our top 10 players reshuffled using lists compiled by ESPN, CBS, and Yahoo. And then we will conclude the show with top five corners of all time. But let's get back into this NFL is back discussion. Alex, how do you feel? All right. You know, this is what I would say. Safety concerns are the number one thing. Um, you know, I work at a Coney Island, for those who don't know. The first thing everybody asks when they come in is, when will you guys be fully open? Because safety. We wipe down everything. We do everything. So, obviously, will we? Will, will, will there be fans in any attendance? Like, will be there any stadium have fans? Dale, you mentioned, will some stadiums have fans? Will domes not be allowed to? Um, I never would have thought we would have had training camp on time. I, I, I know it's just for veterans is what it says. But um, I just never would have thought, never in a million years. I'm very excited because, you know, it means NFL's back, obviously, basically. So um, I'm excited that we're getting things underway. We're, we're, we're finally getting some normalcy with that entering the season. But number one thing, safety and will there be fans in attendance? What are your thoughts? I mean, you talk about safety. I mean, safety is obviously the overall goal of this. We can't get back to a sense of normalcy if we don't have any cases. And no any cases would be we need safety. So when you think about the testing procedure, and that's going to be the really thing to watch. I saw that well, obviously the NBA coming back at the end of July. I know there's been a lot of pushback on that. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's either this week or next week. They're going to start testing players. So they're going to start testing players five weeks before they go down and start games. They're going to, I think they're having training camps in Orlando like two weeks before they actually start playing. But they're testing guys every other day. And it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL staff do about testing. Obviously, we'll talk maybe a little later about Ezekiel Elliott. If you didn't hear, he got tested positive for the coronavirus. He's doing pretty well, though, it sounds like. So that safety is obviously a main concern. I mean, are we going to have fans in attendance? I don't know. I think it would be an unfair advantage, as Alex brought up, and we were talking about just a couple minutes ago before we started, that if, let's say, Let's say somewhere down in, say, Tampa, for an example. If you let, you know, 25% capacity into Tampa Stadium and they got a big divisional game against New Orleans, is that going to be a fair advantage? I don't think so. I think it's an all-or-nothing thing when it comes to the fans. And, uh, yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. I mean, who knows? In another two weeks, things could be different. You never know. We could have, They could announce fans could be in, maybe. You never know. I think the thing with the fans, like you said, it's kind of all or nothing. So either let them all in or you don't. But also one thing to note is if you're playing, obviously division rivals are different. But I think about the Lions, I'd imagine that most of the fans who come to Ford Field would be Lions fans. For sure. So either way, there's obviously home field advantage. You can't limit, you know, let's say we're playing Green Bay. You can't let the Packers fans not come in. I mean... That's just sure. not. That's just stupid to think about. I mean, 
I, uh, you know, I definitely have to agree with that. I think safety, the fans in attendance was my first thought. But overall, I'm, I'm really genuinely excited for the NFL to come back and, 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 and just finally start to see what the season's going to really, really look like. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. I yeah. mean, when I heard this report, to be honest with you, I thought it was fake. I mean, and I went back when we were doing our notes on Sunday night and just verified about it. It was coming from a verified source, but the guy that read it, I mean, his name is Pat McAfee, obviously former Colts punter. He's on a lot of stuff on Barstool Sports, and he does. He's got his own radio show, actually. And I thought when he reported this guy, I thought he was messing with us. But when he said that it came from a source that is close to the NFL, that gave it a little bit more relevancy to me. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I definitely have to agree. Um, like I said, pretty much just excited to see NFL and interested in what they're going to do about fans. Mm-hmm. What, one more thing we got to mention before we do this. We, we kind of started the episode last week um, talking about the movement and everything that's just going on in America right now. Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know... In my opinion, and I, I think a lot of people share this opinion, the price has kind of gone up for Kaepernick. Oh, in my for sure, eyes. for sure. So, also signing him is kind of an insult now, mm-hmm. because because it's you, more of a, you'd only be signing him to gain, like you know, more some fans, good, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe public, good publicity. Yeah, you'd have yeah. good publicity. You'd be supporting. Obviously, that's a good thing. We want to see. I've always wanted to have him. Mm-hmm. I, I've been pushing for him to have a job for a long time, but um, but you do have to admit that stunt that he tried to pull, where he said that all thirty teams, okay, we're gonna have our workout in November here, and then to change it an hour later was kind of crazy in my it opinion. Was, and I think that costed him a job. I think that they, somebody got signed him probably right then and there, but I think um, that cost him a job because only like eight teams went to that meeting that he scrapped an hour before, or the workout that he scrapped an hour before. Yeah, I think it's a question of, you know, his athleticism mm, probably yeah, has true. gone down. Um, I mean, he's been out of the league for what? Three, this will be three, three years, years now? I think three years. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, but, you know, I think I just don't want to see a team sign him for publicity. Mm-hmm. Or I just as a petty call. Just yeah. to basically say, oh, here, we feel bad for you. Here's a one-year deal and just go sit on the bench for 16 games. Yeah, I would never want to see that happen to him. So... We'll continue to update and watch watch for that. I hope he does get signed, but I hope the intention behind it is good. I hope it's a, obviously no team really needs a starting quarterback, Not but really you look at you look at teams. There's teams who have mm-hmm. options like uh, Jacksonville. Obviously, I like Minshew, but he's but untested. He guy? You talk about the Giants. Daniel Jones is he's the guy. You 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 might need a veteran guy. And you always got to look at New England. I mean, I know Belichick's a crazy guy, and he thinks he's going to go through with Stidham, but I mean. And you also got to think about Cam Newton. I mean, I would see, unfortunately, I mean, I would see Cam Newton getting signed before Kaepernick. And yeah. it's not an it's not an injustice kind of a thing. It's more mm-hmm. of who's the better player. I mean, he's a 2017 yeah. MVP. He has played recently. But, right. I mean, you also look at if these guys start training camp on the 28th of July. Okay, what are they? There's obviously no OTAs. There mm-hmm. weren't any mini camps. Everything's been virtual this offseason. Yeah. Okay, now, guys, they've been working out. But do you really think that some of these veteran quarterbacks, I mean, who knows? First week of camp, somebody could go down. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it could happen in any season, but even more now. 
it's it's always that case of the Drew Bledsoe, and then someone gets mm-hmm. Tom Brady steps up. Obviously, with Cam Newton, it would be a veteran of placing a veteran. But I mean, there's there's some of these younger guys. I mean, I don't know. I don't see Stidham working out. We talk about this every week, and it makes me every week somehow it gets worse when I hear it. Um, Bill Belichick. I mean, if if somehow Stidham goes like fourteen and two. I would. I, I don't know what I would do with. Myself. I don't know. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not a. I'm just not a fan of the move. It's it's too arrogant. I think if anything, I could see Belichick tanking for Lawrence, but for sure, but not running through a stenum because he just doesn't look like the guy. Seeing Bill Belichick tank, that would be a sight. Oh, for sure. Because you know he would put his own little spin on it. Yeah. You know he just wouldn't go out there and lose fifty-two to nothing every game. You know, he would purposely, you know, go up 10 and just fold the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, you would, I'm kind of intrigued to see if he does tank, how he would do it. Hey, you know, he throws his own little spin on it and they, you know, just like the Patriot way. I mean, it would be, that's a new version <laughs> of the Patriot way. I mean, no, no. Tanking. Um, well, I think we've said enough about this first segment. Um, did you want to talk about Zeke or? Zeke with the Rona. Rona. There's not much known about yeah. it, you know. I know. Obviously I actually was... heard this morning that it wasn't supposed to be reported. Oh. I was watching Sports Center before I, uh, I got here this morning, and his he was uh, Zeke was very vocal on Twitter about it. He sent out a multiple set of tweets saying that this shouldn't have been reported, and me and my agent are the only ones that should know. And did my agent leak it to the reporters, or did somebody get to find out a different way to get into it? So this really wasn't supposed to come out. Dang. But Which means with what I've house. heard, I mean, he's good. He said he's feeling good. I'm not worried about him. And I think he's just going to have a full recovery. And, I mean, as we look at today's the 16th of June, he's got six weeks before training camp. Mm. He'll be he'll be out there. Don't worry. For sure. I, I think um, the fact that no one was supposed to know but him and his agent, did the NFL want to silence it? Maybe. I mean, I mean, think about it. The NBA gets one player with the Rona and their and season shuts everything down. Shut down. I mean, not just NBA. I mean, everything. And if the NFL, as we know, it's all about money. That's how it operates. Um, do you think in any way if the NFL like knew about Zeke, if they were the ones really also pushing, like, all right, don't spread this because I maybe mean, they don't want to get shut down. You think about it in another, in a, you spin it another way. He's one of the, I mean, as we're going to talk about in our fantasy lists later, he's a top three player in the league. Now, do you think they wanted to keep it quiet just to prevent other players from freaking out, mm-hmm. saying, okay, if Ezekiel Elliott can get it, then I could think, you know, a Dak Prescott or mm-hmm. a Carson Wentz thinks. I could get it. For sure. And they just want to try to maybe keep it on the down low just to keep players from not, you know, flipping out and not voicing as much of a concern about not playing this year. You see it in the NBA. A lot of guys are willing to sit out. Not, and I mean, yes, they do. They're thinking about sitting out more of an injustice thing, but some guys are generally concerned about their health. I mean, they have young kids. These older coaches, I mean, you look in the, I know I'm throwing a lot of NBA spin mm-hmm. today, but you look at Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. He's in his 70s. Yeah. And they're talking about, I mean, these coaches don't want to go out there and wear masks. I mean, they just want to go out there and have a sense of normalcy in their life. I'd say that um, with everything you just brought up, with players feeling like they could get it, I think that's a real thing because you look, 
you know, we're talking a little bit about NBA, but it's important because these talks have been happening with mm-hmm. NBA about restarting all that. So um, there's a lot of players who are very vocal against it. Mm-hmm. But then you see, I saw a guy like um, he was like, yo, if the King, if King James says we're playing, we're mm-hmm. playing. Basically. Yeah. yeah. The Lakers and the Clippers are leaving this whole NBA thing and yeah. everybody else is freaking out. I mean, so Dwight Howard doesn't want to play for the Lakers, but yet everybody, LeBron and all those guys are all behind it. Yeah. except Dwight Howard. So, so it's, it's a, it's a interesting thing to watch. I think definitely now we'll start hearing about maybe more players having it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I heard, I was multiple players from the Cowboys. And yeah. Zeke was just See, one of those guys. I wonder, I wonder now though, could it be something like, Oh, we're, we're getting ready for the season, getting ready for the season. And then they postpone it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of this, no, it's, it's like, crazy to think about. But I mean, as we go on, I mean, it's going to be inevitable that guys are going to get it. It's not going to be. We're not going to go through a whole season and have like you know three cases the whole season. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to get it. It's just how many and how bad it gets. For sure, and that's that's what we really don't know. Either way, I think we we we've kind of talked about this long enough. Um, we're going to go ahead and bring in Dylan's friend Kyle. Um, gonna be my first time talking to him, so this this should be fun, interesting. See how it flows here. Yeah. Um. Either way, you know, we'll be right back and we'll we'll bring him in. There we are. Let's try What's this up, again. Dylan? How you doing? Like the millionth time of doing this. I know it feels like it. It's been a pretty frustrating day. A lot of technical difficulties. Obviously, you guys did not get to experience. Um, Dill, why don't you walk walk everybody through what kind of happened today? Well, basically, we fought with the app that we record with Anchor for about two hours. Uh, we recorded our first segment, and then we took a little break to uh, let our guest get home so he can be on with us. And uh, they didn't let us log in, and that was basically about it. So then we played around with Anchor for, I want to say, about two hours trying to get it to work. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, we just kind of had a commitment to play football. We went and played football in the in the hot sun for about four hours. Now we're back home, and technically, uh, we're still having issues. Yeah. So well, so far we're made it through. Hopefully so. this is good. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're pretty good. I'm I'm pretty tired. I'm gonna invite Kyle right now. Okay. Why don't you break down what we're gonna be talking about? All right. Well, uh, he came up in. Uh, well, actually, I invited him last week to be on this week, and we're gonna be talking a little fantasy football here. Never too early to talk fantasy football. We each picked a top 10 fantasy list from an expert. Kyle will be using CBS. I will be using ESPN and Alex will be using Yahoo. And we're going to reshuffle our top 10 fantasy players for the season. So so we Mm -hmm. wait for him to get on. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. Like email I ever you know ever created. I actually and, had the uh, Gmail first. There he is. Okay, sweet. There we go. Hopefully this goes smoothly now. Uh, gonna introduce you, Kyle. Uh, I've known Kyle since seventh grade. And uh, how about you talk about your football interests, favorite teams, favorite players, some other stuff. Sweet. Oh, okay. Uh, Lions fan. Definitely a uh, big Matt Stafford fan. He's not as overrated as everyone says he is. Uh, when it comes to the college league, uh, I attend Eastern, so I'm a big Eastern fan, and then uh, I keep up with uh, a little bit of U of M. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, also, while he brought up while Kyle brought up college football, he came up with an idea while we had a meeting a couple days ago that he possibly may be starting a podcast with one of his roommates, college football centered. So we may add that, you know, promote it and get the people out there to listen to it. So if you do go through sure. with that, I'm pretty excited about it. I would uh, like to be a guest if that's possible. I'm a big college football guy myself. Sure, we can make that work. All right. But we're here to talk fantasy football. How about you uh, hit us real quick with your number 10 fantasy player for the 2020 season? Okay, so I will be reordering uh, Dave Richards of CBS's list. So uh, number uh, 10 on my list uh, was his original number six, Dalvin Cook. First of all, guy can't sell, he- stay healthy. Uh, he's losing digs. While they do have Jefferson coming in, he still has to prove himself. And as a PPR league, Cook's not the best quarterback. So I put him at number mm-hmm. 10 of this list. Okay, that's sure, Alex. Uh, let's um, hitch with your number ten, man. All right, let me let me find my number ten. Um, <laughs> I would definitely have to agree with what you said there about um, uh, Dalvin, but uh, my number ten is actually Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, he was ranked twenty eight on the Yahoo list. Obviously, you know, quarterbacks don't put up these numbers like wide receivers and running backs do. That's just it's never been how it how it is, but. With Lamar Jackson, I definitely see him. He he can run. He can he can pass. He proved he could pass last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see him doing a lot uh, uh, fantasy wise this season. So he's number ten. I think twenty eight is way too low for Lamar. I think he's definitely top ten. Um, and I I put him at number ten though. So I think Ma- you know, I think when I was looking at Matthew Barry's list, I'm gonna preview mine a little bit. I'm gonna use uh, Matthew Barry uh, from ESPN.com. I believe he had uh, Lamar down in the forties and fifties. So seeing them at 28 so is actually crazy. pretty high. <laughs> um, why don't you go ahead and give us your number 10, Doki? All right, my number 10 is Devontae Adams. He was originally ranked by Matthew Barry number 7. Just feel bad for him, you know. He has uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. I know most people wouldn't think that's a bad thing, but Aaron Rodgers comes out as uh, quite a – seems like an egotistic kind of a player. And if Devontae Adams isn't making the plays sure. that he needs to, Rodgers is going to let him know about it. He's definitely going to get a lot more targets this year if he stays healthy, though. He underperformed in 2019 after dealing with turf toe throughout most of September and October. But he's still – I mean, he's still the man. Devin Funches got signed by the Packers, but that's going to help their depth. But Adams is still going to be getting the majority of the ball out there in Green Bay. Yeah, also they lost they lost Geronimo Allison to the mm-hmm. Lions. To the Lions. And then obviously we, their, their we highlighted in episode one their draft was absolutely miserable. Trash. All right, Kyle, why don't you keep it going and uh, hit us with your number nine Well, speaking nine of player. Devonta Adams, I got a number nine, originally ranked number eight. Honestly, I don't think he deserves to be in the top ten. He's only reached 1,000 uh, receiving yards once, coming off an injury. And there's the whole uh, love and Rodgers issue as well going on. Green Bay is mm-hmm. just going to be a hot mess. They had the terrible draft. I expect them to take uh, two or three games to step back this year. Yeah, they'll still win the division most likely, the NFC North, because, yes, it's stronger, but they're still the alpha in that division. But they're not going to be, what were they, 13-3, and 14-2 and two last year, made the NFC mm-hmm. Championship game. I think thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. I expect them to be about 10 wins, honestly, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, well. that's that's the most they'll get. For sure. I agree. All, All right, right, Alex, so you with your number nine. nine. I have my man, Tyreek Hill. I love, love Tyreek Hill. Um, he was ranked number 10 on Yahoo's list. I just moved him up a spot. Um, just very productive. I I could see a decline in production 
but not mm-hmm. not not from him like athletically or anything. Just you know, people people start to understand schemes more. They they start to create specific schemes for him. Um, I could see that happening. But I mean, either way, Tyreek Hill, one of the fastest players we've ever seen in the NFL. Oh, I agree, hundred um, percent. One of my favorites. So I put him at number nine. I think I think he'll continue to produce. Maybe maybe not as high as last year, but definitely definitely top ten talent. I mean, after the year they all had in Kansas City, they're they're down. They're just due to you know go down even just a little bit. I mean, coming off a Super Bowl and the great season that Mahomes had, you can't be at that high of a level and just get higher. I mean, that's almost impossible. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, Dill, hit us with your with your number nine. All right, my number nine is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, He was ranked by Matthew Barry as number ten. Um, he's in some new threads this year. Is it going to be a question of new threads, but same new Hopkins? He's going to have a new quarterback, obviously throwing the ball. Young guy, Kyler Murray. Will uh, Kyler Murray be getting some questions? Is Kyler Murray going to get him the ball like Deshaun Watson did? And I really think, to be honest with you, I think he should be a little higher on this list. So, but it, the big issue is, is are him and Fitzgerald going to fight for targets? I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's an absolute legend in that organization, and DeAndre Hopkins is almost going to be taking over after he retires. So. We'll see where that goes. For sure. Um, I'm going to talk about Hopkins in a little bit, but we're going to continue this uh, discussion, and we got a lot to get through. So why don't we get to number eight for you, Kyle? Okay, number eight, I got Miles Sanders, originally number seven on the list. He's always of all, much of an established running back on this list. At first, I was kind of shocked uh, seeing him on the list, but then I did a little research. Eagles got a great old line. He's the clear number one running back this year. I have to give a shout-out to my roommate, uh, Kevin, uh, who's a big Eagles fan from Philadelphia. It's interesting that you say that they have a solid offensive line. I just heard today that Brandon Brooks tore his Achilles um, trying to train after rehabbing a shoulder injury that he had last year, and he's out for the season. So without him and um, Jason Peters, who's still out in the free agent market, it's interesting to see what the Eagles are going to do in the running game. Obviously, you always got to look at Carson Wentz. That man can't play 16 games, I don't think. That's why they drafted Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I definitely agree. Uh, you know, Sanders last last year, it seemed like they were just handing the ball to anybody. In yeah, the I mean, backfield. Jordan Howard got I, touches. I Sanders got touches. Sure. Wasn't Sproul like, still like, there? That's Sproul. Yeah, he was there. But yeah, I really appreciate Kyle you saying that he's the clear front runner because that oh, that would yeah. immediately strike my eye. Be like, you know. Um, I do, I do see him as that position. Um, he's young. He's he he was, he came out of I don't want to say nowhere, but I had never heard of the guy when he was playing. Mm, he year, wasn't so. he wasn't that good. Of, he wasn't good as he was Saquon's actually uh, successor at Penn State, and he did not have the seasons that Saquon did at Penn State, and he really just flew off the radar for me. And I was really surprised to see that he's a top ten player in fantasy for this year. Yeah, um, I, I, I one of the games I was watching, he he did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, last season, my number eight, real quick. I got Patrick Mahomes. Um, obviously, one of the greatest quarterbacks in my opinion of all time. Now, not enough to put him on a list yet, but the 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 past two seasons he has had have been historic. Um, loved watching him play. I don't see him declining anyway. Um, I I don't see him raising either, so I put him at number eight because the list had him below Lamar Jackson and had him at 32, and that's just nah. Mahomes, 
He's he's always putting up big numbers. Sometimes a four or five touchdown games. Mm-hmm. He can he can extend plays. All around, really good quarterback. Probably the best quarterback I'd say in fantasy besides Lamar, in my opinion. So put him at number eight. I mean, eight. he's a sneaky. Um, he's a sneaky scrambler too. I mean, I just think back to that game that they played in week three or week four against the Lions last year, where we had a fourth and ten and. We get one stop and we beat the defending Super Bowl cha- or the current Super Bowl champs, and he just gets you know a twenty yard run up the middle. So that's a very underrated part of his game. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Dylan, why don't you hit us with the all right? Eight? My number eight is Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings running back. He was ranked by Matthew Barry at number three. The general concern I have for Dalvin Cook is will he report to training camp on time? He's had a contract dispute. He's still on his rookie. I believe he's on the last season of his rookie deal, and he wants to get an extension before the season starts. And if he reports to camp on time, how fresh is he going to be? And uh, the Vikings are going to need him this year because I don't see Cousins performing like he did last season. Yeah, I agree. Um, with Dalvin, That the one thing that kept him from my list was just the questions surrounding him. Contract-wise, um, he wasn't healthy his rookie season. Um, last season he did pretty well, but he had a lot of, su- a lot of support, you mm-hmm. know, obviously Kyle had talked about losing Stefan Diggs. That was a big target. They still have, Thielen, yeah, you can't forget about Thielen. That guy always rips the lions up. It seems like, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Kyle, why don't you hit us? Okay. So seven? the original number nine on this list, uh, Dondre Hopkins, uh, I have a lot of the same things, uh, that Dylan put my biggest thing is how are him and Fitzgerald going to split the catches? There's two mm-hmm. both big-time tar- targets. I know Fitz is getting up there, but he's still a super reliable target uh, down in the red zone, got good hands. So we'll see how what happens with those two. Like you said think- with uh, well, like you said with DeAndre or with Larry Fitzgerald, that's how I feel like it's going to play. Hopkins is going to be getting the ball all over the field. He's going to be getting deep balls. He's going to be at slants and all that. But once they get down in the red zone, I think it's Larry Fitzgerald's ball. For sure. Because that guy is one of the um, most secure targets that I've seen in a long time. For number seven, I also have DeAndre Hopkins. One of my favorite players. I loved Hopkins and Watson together. I loved that duo. Um, Watson's one of my favorite younger quarterbacks. Um, but, man, this trade, good good job for Arizona, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Um, they traded – David Johnson, like, come on, that's dirt. They could have traded nothing and, and got Hopkins. Um, but with Hopkins, you look at his his hands. He didn't drop like a single pass. I think it was like maybe last season or the season before. On like any time he was targeted, he, he didn't drop it. You know, it might have missed him, whatever. But it, it it he never dropped it. Um, Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles than drops in his career. I think this duo might be the best hands for two receivers we've ever seen, like, on the same team, you know. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, you talk about splitting splitting receptions. You look at what happened with Jarvis and Odell last year. Odell barely got targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, do I see something like that happening? No. Do I see them playing significant roles by themselves? Yes. It just depends on um, what role that is, you know. Like you said, Hopkins could be that deep threat kind of guy. Larry could be that possession, sideline, fourth down, red zone, back of the end zone type guy. Hops, Hopkins can obviously go up and get get the uh, pass 
he runs those fades a lot. So it'll be really good to see. But Dylan, I've gone on too long. <laughs> Hit us with your number seven, man. All right, my number seven is Tyreek Hill. He was uh, Matthew Barry's number nine player. One word for this man, Cheetah. I mean, the Ferrari, they, we heard it all last year. Patrick Mahomes was the Ferrari, Tyreek Hill's the Cheetah. I mean, can he make the big plays to get the fantasy points, though? He's not really a good PPR kind of a guy because he is more of that deep threat. And um, I think he's going to have a good season, but it's another thing. I mean, he's got to split the catches with Travis Kelsey as well. I mean, Nicole Hardman had a great year. You, They got, I think, some other guys. They got, um, I can't think of really off the top of my head. Sammy Watkins, yes. But um, he's just more of a deep threat for me. And, yes, that gets you fantasy points. But, I mean, if he gets two catches for 12 yards, that's not going to help you in a matchup versus, you know, six catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's 35 points right there. Yeah, for sure. All right, Kyle, why don't you hit us with your number Next six? up, is, I've got uh, Alvin Kamara, the original number four on the list, and number six. Honestly, you can put him a little bit higher, but I feel uh, he's not going to get as much running touches as he's going to get touched in the passing game, which helps him out in PPR leagues. But he's not as much of a true running back as some of these other running backs on the list. But also, you have to respect him because this Saints offense puts up to close to 40 points a game, mm-hmm. and you have to have a good running back to do that. Yeah. It's an absolute loaded Saints office, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, you go back to – you talked about what Drew Brees said last week. Is that going to really affect that chemistry in the locker room, and will that affect the offense ultimately? I guess, I mean, we're just going to have to really see. Speaking of the Saints offense, you know, uh, number six is Michael Thomas on my list. Um, you know, he's number six originally on the Yahoo list too. But, you know, it just felt right to have him at the spot. My top five are all running backs. Um, my number five is actually Alvin Kamara, but I'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, number six with Michael Thomas. Last year he had the, you know, he broke the record. And I just see him getting the same amount of receptions. Um, I, I I don't see him declining in any way. They really didn't bring anybody to challenge him for any type of, you know. Mm-hmm. He is the man there. Anything. He is the man. Um, and I, I just see him putting up a lot of numbers, especially in PPR leagues, anything, you know, I, Michael Thomas, he, he's a red zone threat, deep threat. He can hit you on the slant. He can really do everything at the receiver position. So you cannot go wrong with drafting Michael Thomas, in my opinion. Go ahead, Dill. Number six. All right, my number six is Derek Henry. He was uh, number eight by Matthew Barry. I mean, what a postseason this guy had. I mean, I really thought that the Tennessee Titans were going to make the Super Bowl last year. Watching the first half of that AFC Championship game against Kansas City, I really thought Tennessee was going to make the Super Bowl. All I can say is just they got to pay this man. I mean, after the season that he had last year and the postseason especially, you just got to give that man some a big a big paycheck. And can he repeat this year? I mean, I know it was only over a two- or three-game stretch, but he had a decent regular season as well. But can he repeat his performance again? Yeah, for sure. Um, you look at how tall he is compared to the other running backs, and it's just it's crazy. Mm-hmm. The picture of him next to Deion Lewis. Uh, he'll be on my list in a little bit, but I want to continue with Kyle. Give us your number okay, five. Uh, number five, Michael Thomas. Um, a lot of it has been touched on already, but he's, he's one of the best uh, wide receivers in the PPR league. He gets tons of catches. Only concern is uh, with him and Breeze going to be okay. I'm pr- 99% sure they will be. They're professionals. They'll make up on the field, and then things will keep moving forward progressively. Yeah, for sure, and I think the apology definitely helped from Drew's mm-hmm. part. Obviously, um, he knew he was he, – he he kind of now understands more of, of, of what the message was behind kneeling. It wasn't against the flag. It, it was 
it was because there is a clear racism and a, and, and a divide in this country. And so I think that by apologizing for being almost ignorant and just not understanding um, what what the real issue was, um, I think it's important that he apologized for that. And I think that could help heal heal relationships. Um, my number five is another Saints player you talked about, Kyle, Alvin Kamara. Um, he came in at number four on the Yahoo list, but I put him at five. And I see him a lot of receptions out the backfield. He can run. He can really he can really do both jobs well. And so I see him really putting up a lot of numbers. I always like to have my top five uh, fantasy guys be running backs. They just they produce the you know the the best numbers usually. But Alvin Kamara, I don't see him declining. I just see him kind of having this, a similar season to last year, possibly, um, maybe just a little less. Um, but I, I think I think he'll do really well. So you can't go wrong with getting him. And uh, Dale, why don't you uh, give us your number five? My uh, number five is also Alvin Kamara. He was sixth ranked by Matthew Barry. A uh, great weapon to add on with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. But the real concern for me is he going to be healthy and is he ready to bounce back? And I even put, should he be lower? I mean, coming off an injury like that, maybe his expectations could be a little lower. But obviously, Matthew Barry does not think that. I think maybe maybe a tad lower, but I don't I don't see him doing anything substantially worse than last season. I think he'll be he might he might miss a couple games, but he'll he'll be a pretty solid player if he if he can stay healthy. Um, why don't you give us your number four now, Kyle? Okay, number four, uh, a name that hasn't come up yet, and I might get some looks for this one, but I got Julio Jones, originally number 10 on the list. He reminds me here of Megatron. I still believe he has uh, the ability to put up uh, 1,500 yards. He's just that good of a wide receiver. I know that he's spent some down years, but I still believe that Talon's there, and he's just a great wide receiver to look at. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you think Julio Jones, man. Clutch. That's all I got to say. Clutch. For sure, yeah. I mean, you think about it, he's also got Calvin Ridley, I mean, mm-hmm, on the team. Sure. So that kind of throws a little bit of his targets out the window. But still, I mean, he could put up more yards uh, than oh, no anybody doubt. on that team. Also, uh, his run after catch. It'll be also interesting to see uh, what happens. Well, for sure, yeah. Gurley may take yeah. some of those touches away. Matt Ryan's definitely not going to be throwing the ball 50, 60 times a year again, or a game this year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the thing about Julio, you know, like I said, clutch, but I think about that sideline catch where he was literally like doing a plank in air and his feet were in, Mm -hmm. um, that that's just talent that you can't teach. Um, I think Julio, when everything is said and done with his career, he'll be definitely top 10 receiver all time. I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, in a lot of people's lists because he, he is just an athletic, um, freak of nature and, uh, really fun to watch him. Number four, uh, for me is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think Dylan, you're going to talk about him too. He was number three on, um, Yahoo list. But the thing about Zeke for me, um, that Dallas, that Dallas offensive line just lost Travis Frederick. Um, Dak is up in the air. They signed Andy Dalton and that was just, that, that was an awesome low blow. I mean, sends sends a horrible message. Um, you know they have pretty good receivers with Cooper and Ceedee Lamb now. Um, forget about Michael Gallup. 
That guy's good, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. He was he was really solid receiver last season. I think they have a really good offense, and I think when I see these loaded offenses like this, on paper they look great, mm-hmm. but then sometimes they really don't manifest and they kind of fall apart. I see Zeke having a really good season, so obviously he's number four, but I just felt like three other running backs were going to have better seasons than him. Um Numbers-wise. So, Zeke comes in at four for me, originally three, like I said, on the Yahoo list. Dylan, why don't you hit us with your number four? All right. Uh, my number four is Michael Thomas. He's been mentioned already. He was number five on Matthew Berry's list. Uh, as everybody has mentioned that's talked about him, are Breeze, are Breeze and him going to be okay? Is like a relationship going to be mended? I agree with Kyle. I mean, they're professionals. They'll get over it. He broke the catch record last year, and I really think he's the best fantasy wide receiver out there. Yeah, for sure. Um Kyle, why don't you hit us? We're in the top three now, so these these are these are gonna be pretty important. Yeah. Ones. Yep. So okay, so my top three lines up all with all what Dave Richard originally said, but number three, I got Saquon Barkley. He's obviously the best player on the Giants. Um, he's took a step back in the passing game. So if you're looking at PPR leagues, um, he took definitely took that step back. I'm hoping he takes that step forward again, uh, just to get those extra points as well. But he's a freak running back. Gonna be their go-to back and. He's the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit, but right now I just want to keep it moving. My number three, Derek Henry. I think Dylan mentioned him. Um, he was number five on the Yahoo list, but in my opinion, Alvin Kamara, like we said, can he stay healthy? I think if he does, maybe a slight decline, but not much. I think he'll be pretty good, especially receiving. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I, I see him maybe not gelling as well. That offense not clicking uh, or firing on all cylinders. But I think Zeke's going to do good. But three, I just felt like Derrick Henry um, will have a better year for him because when you look at what happened in the postseason last year, he literally had to carry that team, Mm -hmm. literally. Um, And you could say I have no problem with Tannehill, but basically all Tannehill had to do was hand him the ball. I mean, didn't Tannehill, wasn't he averaging probably, what, about 10, 12 throws a game, and maybe he'd get 100 yards if he was lucky? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So when you look at Derrick Henry this year, they really haven't done anything to change up their game plan. When you look at who they acquired, anything like that, I I think that Derrick Henry is still going to be carrying this team, which means come regular season, comes potential postseason, whatever you want to call it. But looking at regular season, he's going to be carrying this team to any wins. He's going to be getting the ball everywhere. He's going to be all over the field. Um, Receiving-wise, probably not much. He, he's not, he can receive, but that's not what he's built for. He really is uh, a freak of nature. He'll just, he'll just run right through you. So, um, Bill, why don't you hit us with your number three? Right, my number three is Ezekiel Elliott. He was number four by Matthew Barry. I mean, just feed this man. That's all he needs. He just needs the ball. Uh, will Dak get paid? And if he doesn't and Andy Dalton steps in, Zeke will get a lot of touches in 2020. Not that he wasn't going to get a lot of touches to begin with. 1,300 yards last year, 12 touchdowns, and he had almost 258 fantasy points. Wow. I did not know that. All right, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and give us your okay, next two. up in number two, I got Zeke. Uh, with Prescott most likely heading out without this contract uh, and all the drama and, you know, Jerry Jones, I think Zeke's going to be getting a lot of carries. And he's already a great running back as it is. So the more carries he gets, the more points he gets. And honestly, he's probably the running back I would most likely to pick, even though he's not the overall best pristine running back that uh, most people would say. 
All right, all right, for sure. Um, I could see that. Um, my number two is probably a little controversial because, you know, it's 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 who everyone would expect to be maybe at number one this season. But I, I actually put Christian McCaffrey at number two. He was ranked number one by Yahoo. Everybody pretty much has him at number one that I've seen. Um, but in my opinion, he he really does in Carolina right now. Last season, he had to carry that team. Um, I, I see him having a really, really good year. I just don't see him have the year he had last season, um, especially since Bill and I always mention this. Running backs, they age out very quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening with Christian McCaffrey necessarily next season. But, but down the I road, feel like it'll he, happen. I agree. Yeah. And I feel like last season might have been his peak wise for fantasy points, anything like that. Especially now you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is way better than what they were running with last season. Um, and I just see, I mean, I still see obviously Christian McCaffrey getting a lot of receptions, uh, a lot of touches. But in terms of fantasy points, I think he really peaked last year. That's why he came in at number two for me. Um, I could be completely wrong. This is obviously just a guesstimation. Um, Dylan, why don't you hit us with your number two before we all say our number one? All right, my number two is Saquon Barkley. Matthew Barry also had him at number two. I'd love to have this guy as my next fantasy running back. I don't want to give any away my secrets because uh, these two people in our podcast are in our fantasy league also. <laughs> 1,000 yeah. yards in 2019 and only 13 games. I mean, that's impressive in itself. And is he going to stay healthy? I mean, he had uh, – was it a foot problem? I can't remember. He had some sort of injury last year that kept him out of a couple games and cool. kept him uh, maybe not performing at 100% for the games that he did play in. So that's why I got Saquon at number two. All right. We've uh, we've hit the number one position, right? We, we're we're, we're going to do our number one now. Um, most of – you guys have the same number one, I think. Um, and I have someone who's been mentioned, so let's just give our final thoughts and end the segment on a, on a high note. Okay, so Go number ahead. one, I got uh, Kristen McCaffrey. Uh, kind of felt I didn't put him at number one. I'd get booted off this show uh, at some point. Uh, <laughs> I'd look to come back potentially at some point as well. So he's definitely a dual threat. He can catch the ball. Uh, with Bridgewater, he's going to get some more receptions, which helps out fantasy points. He easily can put up over 25, potentially even 3,000 all-purpose yards. And he's just the best player on the Panthers. Like uh, we said with uh, Barkley, he's going to carry that team as well and then got to keep him going. Yeah, I um, the the thing with Christian McCaffrey, why he didn't make my number one also is, obviously he's going to be having to carry that team, but that's going to be a lot of pressure on him. With with a guy like Barkley, they brought in Deion Lewis now to the Giants. With um, Carolina, I just see McCaffrey literally having to – get all of the touches so it's like is he gonna be able to you know obviously he hasn't been very injury prone in the past but but all these touches i mean that could it could put a lot of injury yeah um for me i might be biased because i love saquon barley but he comes saquon barkley comes in at number one for me uh, originally number two on yahoo but barkley man um favorite running back currently I know he had some injury problems last year. Uh, I don't see Daniel Jones improving over last season. I actually kind of see him declining. Um, without Eli's presence there, I just don't see him, you know, excelling. I know Eli wasn't playing much, but he, he was that mentor role. Um, and also, by having Eli there, 
in a way, in my eyes, it kind of takes the pressure off of Daniel Jones because last season it was more about just, oh, you're the new guy, you're going to learn. Eli will start the season, then you'll come in. And and and, and really the, the mindset is like, well, you can't do worse than Eli, you know? But now there's nobody there for it to be like, oh, at least you're better than so-and-so. It's like now it's kind of up mm-hmm. to Daniel Jones. It's almost like he's got the keys to the, to yeah. the car now and Eli's and, not there to, you know, drive him around. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So it's um, I see Daniel Jones not having a very good season, but I see Barkley then again like last season. He is the guy there, but I I I really think this maybe could be the peak, or maybe even next season of his fantasy, um, potential points, whatever you want to call it. So he came in at number one for me. Dylan, why don't you give us your number one, and then then we'll get ready to close this segment out. All right, my number one is Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Matthew Barry also had him at number one. A lot of people that I've looked at fantasy lists have this guy at number one. He's a great PPR player, 2,500 all-purpose yards in 2019. Any fantasy owner would love to have this guy. I mean, but like Alex has said, I mean, the tires could be a little worn, especially if he's going to be getting as many touches as people say he is. So be interesting to see what he does. You know, we look back at this in week 13 or 14, if he's still playing, you know, 85 to 90% of the snaps for the Panthers. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, I'm really excited for this upcoming season. I'm glad we kind of did this fantasy aspect. It's something um, that really got me hyped to just see how the players perform and, and who I, who I'm looking forward to seeing play again. Um, you know, Kyle, you know, I have never, I've never met you, man, but I really appreciate, appreciate all the insight you just brought into the show. Um, I appreciate the, the little humor there with um, the fact that you want to be back on the show. I like that, man. So I just really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks Kyle. All right. See you guys. Dillium. All right. Here we are. Last segment of the day. We're Took kinda... a while to get here. Yeah, it did. Uh, we'd like to thank Kyle again for his input and his uh, discussion on the top 10 fantasy players, re-ranking them for the 2020 season. But we're going to be closing out today's episode <clears throat> with the top five cornerbacks of all time. Alex, uh, let's get this started with your honorable mentions. All right, a lot of my honorable mentions, you know, there's only a few. Um, some might be biased, but, you know, looking at your honorable mentions, three of the guys in your honorable mentions are on my actual list. So, I mean, obviously that means our lists are going to be varying and, 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 and very different this week, which is, which is a good thing. I'd say um, my honorable mentions are... Um, looking past my list real quick. Okay, Aqib Talib. You know, I think about a game when it was Peyton Manning. He was on the Broncos. It was um, they were going up against the Lions. I want to say on a Sunday or a Monday night. Aqib Talib was was playing really good defense on Calvin Johnson, who mm-hmm. is by no means easy to cover. Um, that 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 just impressed me. So I'd say Aqib Talib. Uh, he he wasn't very quick to just be great. I think started on the Bucks, he wasn't really anything but then as his career went on he really had a, I think his best time was probably in Denver he did pretty well when he was with the Pats uh even still when he was just with the Rams he was he was he was still pretty pretty solid mm-hmm. he was he that veteran leader that the Rams really needed in that defense yeah and I want to say he might be on the Miami <clears throat> Dolphins now 
Yeah, I believe that sounds uh, right. Like that. Uh, then I'd say in the last few seasons, I want to say the last two or three, Stefan Gilmore could be in the discussion. Mm-hmm. I would not put him on my list by any means, but I think we just have to mention how dominant the Pats defense was last last season and how much he has attributed that to, like, he has been really the rock in that secondary who has made that secondary so strong. Obviously, you have the McCourty twins uh, playing safety, but Gilmore, you know, he's a pretty he's a pretty solid guy. Uh, you think back to some of these Patriots past seasons, a lot of, they wouldn't have gotten as far as they, they did without Stephon Gilmore. Patrick Peterson comes to mind. I also would never put him on the list, but you have to mention him when you mention corners. You could mention Josh Norman, but really when I think about Josh Norman, he only had a few good seasons. Um, but I'd say Darius Slay, um, I'd have to mention too, just because being a Lions fan, I think the last two years to three years, he's been maybe the best corner in the league, if not like second best, third, top three at least, you know. So mm-hmm. I think um, Darius Slay definitely has to be mentioned with some of the younger generation. Then I uh, I put Ronnie Lott on my honorable mentions because he couldn't make the list, but I really like Ronnie Lott a lot. No, uh, no <clears throat> pun intended. Um, but Dylan, why don't you give us your honorable mentions? I know a lot of them are on my actual list. All right, my honorable mentions here. We're going to start off with Richard Sherman, obviously. You know, remember that famous interview after that NFC Championship game? You know, sorry, sure. try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, you know, best corner in the game. Yeah. He has that one ring, but you, know, you look back at it. I mean, he really should have three. I mean, obviously, with the stupid play call by Daryl Bubble in Super Bowl, I believe it was 49, which. Marshawn mm-hmm. got the ball, and then Wilson threw the interception. And then he, you think about it, even, I mean, last year, he was a member in the 49ers, and they blew that 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And that could have been ring number three for him and cemented his legacy and possibly a Hall of Fame spot. Yeah, uh, Darrell Revis, I mean, Revis Island, never won that ring. but uh, Never won that ring, actually, with the Jets, but found out he won one with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. One of those years that they were, you know, dominating. Charles Woodson, very underrated player with the Packers in Oakland. Uh, nine-time Pro Bowler, one-one uh, ring with the Green Bay Packers, and then Shane Bailey would have been sixth on my list. Hall of Famer, twelve Pro Bowls, absolute shutdown corner for the Broncos in the nineties uh, and two thousands. Yeah, for sure. A um, couple of those guys, like I said, are going to be on my actual list. So uh, I think you should just go ahead and give your number five, so that I'm not talking about the same guys back to back. All right, uh, my number five guy is Night Train Lane. He was one of the first big and bad cornerbacks in the NFL, uh, obviously one of the OGs when it comes to that position. 68 interceptions over his career with five going for touchdowns. Uh, He had a career with the Rams, the Lions, and the Cardinals. Even caught some balls out of the receiver position. Eight catches for 253 yards in his career. That's an insane uh, yards per catch kind of. You know, I think of him more – couldn't really find highlights of him because this guy played in the 50s and 60s but i remember it seems like a madden ultimate team we i know we've been talking about them a lot during this defense especially on the defensive side of the ball but he had a thanksgiving card this year that was like a 98 or 99 so you think about these older players i think more of mutt than seeing them play on the field highlights and stuff we always talk about that pretty much whenever we do these lists usually i'll get a lot of information from what i've seen in my time and from the older guys i'll see they're a football life from NFL Network, but um, you know, when you think about corners, you definitely think about him. I think um, he he could very well have been on my list, but I I tend to kind of lean towards the younger generation. Um, 
So my number five is a guy you mentioned on your honorable mentions. Probably my favorite corner of all time. I have by no means think he's the best, but he's definitely my favorite, and that's Richard Sherman. I've been a Seahawks fan since since around that Legion of Boom time. Um, and Richard Sherman, man, shutdown guy. Uh, you know, he's not a perfect corner. Nobody is. But looking at his career, 32 interceptions, two of those for, I want to say, three. Okay, no, four interceptions, total 35, actually. And then his touchdowns, are three of those went for touchdowns. Um, you know, pretty good, pretty good stats there. Like 128, I want to say, games started. Um, and, and, and that's just impressive to me because he's been in 134 games and that means he only, he, he didn't start in six of them. I'm assuming probably his rookie year or anytime with an injury. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty durable. You know, corners, they, they gotta be very quick. These receivers these days, it, it's a passing league. So these receivers are even better than the past. The corners got to be on there. You know, they got to be on their toes for every single yeah. play. And, 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 and for Richard Sherman to, to still be, just as good as, you know, early in his career on the 49ers this past season. I really enjoyed watching him play this past year. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's going to be a number five. I think back – I think he was Madden 15's cover athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really I really just like watching Richard Sherman play. So, proud of him and hope he has continued success um, throughout the rest of his career and the rest of his life. Um, go ahead and don't, and give us your number four. I remember before it was Rod Woodson. Uh, what a player this guy was for the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the day, and then both playing for uh, the Raiders and the 49ers. Also played for the Baltimore Ravens, but uh, over his well-played career, Woodson had 1,158 tackles, 71 interceptions, with 12 going back to the end zone for touchdowns, forced 20 fumbles, some pretty good stats for you know he was the guy in Pittsburgh and not really maybe necessarily for those other three teams that I mentioned but 11 time pro bowler and he's in Canton Ohio in the Hall of Fame right now yeah um you know it's it's like it's like we talk about a lot these older guys we mostly know them know them from kind of my and you know that's that's how I know Rod Woodson from maybe a couple seasons back yeah I had him on my um but yeah Oakland definitely um Right, he played in Oakland for a while, mm-hmm. didn't he? Um, I when when I think about Rod Woodson in Oakland, instantly my mind goes to Charles Woodson when he was in Oakland. But yeah, um, you know, he's just he's one of those guys who who is iconic at that position. Um, especially I always can picture him in those Steelers colors. Um, my number four is another guy you mentioned, and it's Champ Bailey. He was he was nearing the end of his career when I was starting to watch football, but he was in Denver from 04 to 2013. And, and, and that's, that's a good amount of time. That's almost a whole decade in Denver. Um, and each season he was putting up really good numbers in 2006. He had a 10 interception season. And that is just insane to me. 10 interceptions. Um, that's, that's, that's really good. Um, over his career, he has a total of 52 interceptions so spent a decade in Denver. He was on Washington for five years prior. Uh, when I think about Champ Bailey, I just really, I really could not see a cornerback list without him. Um, mm-hmm. And so he came in at number four on my list. All right, Dill, keep it moving because I'm I'm half sleep as always. 
Um, go to episode three. I mean, uh, number three. See, I'm tripping. I'm tweaking. I'm on my, All mind, right. man. my number three is Mel Blunt as um the guy before him in my list. The number four guy, Rod Woodson. Uh, Blunt was actually before him playing in Pittsburgh, even though he did retire a few years before. Obviously, as I said, Rod Woodson rolled in. Uh, Blunt was a little bit better over his career when it comes to numbers. 57 interceptions, took two back for scores, forced three fumbles, and fell on 13 of them. He really never had a sack over his career, couldn't find the tackles. I don't believe he played in a time where tackles were considered an official stat. But, I mean, in the Hall of Fame, he's had some decent Pro Bowl appearances and uh, overall just you know one of the top three players in my eyes in this position all time. Yeah, uh, for sure, man. Um, Mel Blunt is the guy I think of when I think of an old-school corner. Um, obviously, Dion comes to mind, but I mean, even even he just seems like the guy I think of when I think of an old-head corner. Um, you know, he was, he was way back before Dion and, 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 and the people now, so... Um, being in Pittsburgh for his whole career, that was that's cool to see too. Um, total interceptions, I think you might have mentioned fifty-seven. Um, that's 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 really good. Um, but you obviously that's not really an era where guys were throwing the ball that much. Yeah, that's that's what or I was gonna say. Numbers. So to have fifty-seven interceptions in the era where you know you didn't see him throwing it as often, over thirteen seasons to do that, fifty-seven. That that's really good. Uh, he comes in at number three on my list too, and um, I think I think that that placement is spot on, um, especially because he's he's I don't want to say he's the original guy, but in a lot of ways I I view him in that way. Um, go ahead and give us your number two. All right, my number two guy is Ronnie Lott. He was on your honorable mention list. What a guy, or I mean, what an anchor in the 49ers defense back in the 80s before moving uh, across town to the Raiders and then to the Jets for his final two seasons. More known more known as a safety, but some websites that I was looking at when you, know, you find his stats had him as a corner. So here he is at number two. Over his long career, he had great stats, 1,146 combo tackles with 63 interceptions, five of those interceptions going for touchdowns, and 16 forced fumbles. He's a 10-time Pro Bowler and a four-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, um, Ronnie Lott. I uh, I probably would have put him number six or number seven on my list, just because there's a lot of the younger guys I like. But you know, Ronnie Lott, like you said, he was the anchor. Um, he was he was the main staple for that 49ers defense during that kind of dynasty era, and um, uh, it would be remiss to ignore ignore him and his legacy. Um, at number two, I have one of my favorites. Um. Darrell Revis, you know, he didn't make your list, but he definitely he's going to make mine because Revis Island was a thing. It was a real thing. Um, the most interceptions it looks like he ever had in a season was six. Um, that's 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 pretty that's pretty good. Um, spent eight years in, in on the Jets, right? Six and then he left and then he eventually came back in 2015 and 2016. Um, but. Even in 2015, he had five interceptions, and that was one of his last couple seasons. So to see him still performing as Revis Island later in his career, it's good to see. So like I said, eight years on the Jets, that's probably what he's most known for. A year in Kansas City, uh, a year with New England where he won the uh, Super Bowl in 2014. That might have been the um, – Was that the Seattle? Seattle one. That might have been that game. 
Um, and then he was in Tampa for a year before he was in New England. So um, the last couple of years he spent bouncing around team to team. But great, great player, great legacy. They that's why it's called Revis Island, you know, because he was he was really you didn't want to throw out there because yeah. you knew we're it, not going to get you weren't going to get the ball. He was going to get the yeah. ball. or was going to get knocked off or knocked yeah, over. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the greatest of all time comes in at number two on my list. And uh, give your number two, and I think I think we have the number same number one guy. Am I? Am I, I actually already gave my number two, so I will give my number one. Deion Sanders, prime time is all I have to say for this guy. He was one of the most outgoing. You know, sometimes at some points of his career, showboat corners in the NFL. But you know, I absolutely love to watch an old tape of him. I mean, from you, the high stepping after his touchdowns. This guy, I don't know if you knew this, he they made a, uh, I believe ESPN's 30 for 30 made a documentary on this guy. He played two different professional sports in one day. He played a game for the Atlanta Falcons. I believe they were on the road that day and then went to, flew back home to Atlanta to play for the Braves in a, a baseball or a playoff baseball game. Wow. Obviously, his most famous stop, as I mentioned, was Atlanta. He played some in his career in Dallas, also played for the San Francisco and 49ers, the Redskins, and then the Ravens over his career. Prime had 53 interceptions with nine going back to the end zone, 512 tackles only in his career. So he really wasn't more of a tackling kind of a corner. He was more of a shutdown like Darrell Revis, as you mentioned earlier, 10 forced fumbles. But, I mean, the GOAT shutdown corner, just all I got to say. I mean, he even had 60 catches for 784 yards over his career as a wide receiver. Oh, for sure. Um, it's 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 – it's crazy to me. He missed the 2001, 2002, and 2003 season because he, he had retired. He came mm-hmm. back in 2004 on Baltimore, was a corner and a wide receiver, and he got three interceptions in the season he came back. And then two again the next season on Baltimore. Um, started his career in Atlanta. You know, he rookie season, five interceptions. That's pretty good. In 1991, he had six. Then his last season in Atlanta, he had seven. Uh, goes over to San Francisco for a year, gets six interceptions. Um, Dallas, he obviously spent uh, he spent five years in Dallas. Uh, pretty good numbers there. Washington, he spent a year there before retiring. Um, the thing that about Dion is the legacy and the personality is is what really propels him to number one. I think too. Obviously, he's one. He's he's probably the greatest. He is the greatest corner um, in terms of. The kick returns he had too. He he was just an all around athlete. So I didn't even mention the, kick, the the all purpose yards. I mean, I believe before Devin Hester broke it, he had the all time punt return touchdown. Yeah, he did. Before and, and, Hester and, broke it a couple of years ago, which fitting to be at itself. I believe a Deion Sanders was there because it was a Thursday night yeah. football game, and b it was in Atlanta. Yeah. So how fitting was so, that to break Prime's record with him in attendance and in his home city, basically? Because I believe yeah, he was from sure. Atlanta. Or, I actually don't know where he's from, but where he made his legacy in his career. Yeah, so um, I was going to mention that because, yeah, Dion, I believe he was there, and I think he actually interviewed Hester after he mm-hmm. broke the record or he congratulated I'm seeing, right the, I'm seeing the punt return touchdown on his head. I believe he high-stepped into the end zone as well. That's Dion that's, style. That's that's amazing. Um, I was really honestly really happy when Hester broke it. I love Dion, and, and that's what Dion's remembered for. But you know, to see Hester break it was 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 really fitting because grew up watching Hester, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and as a Lions fan, you were always nervous when he was when he was back there. Um, but yeah, getting back to Dion, they call him Prime Time Neon Dion. Um, 
there was the spoofs of the Leon Sandcastle. Oh, Leon Sandcastle um, for the combine a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I think of Leon Sandcastle whenever I think of Dion because you know obviously the um the they made a parody but I I really just love watching Dion's tape. Um, he was just he was smooth out there. He was fun. He was charismatic, and he wasn't like he he was he he had that showboat kind of style, but he wasn't mean about it. You know when you think no, about like no. a guy like a wide receiver like Chad Ochocinco. He wasn't a he, diva. Yeah, he. He Deion Sanders, he was flamboyant and he was he was in your face, but he also was just he wasn't like demeaning in any way. I think a lot of people respected him and and mm-hmm. and, and and really, I uh, I think his legacy will forever live on, and he will probably always be the greatest corner of all time. Um, that I does mean, bring us to the end of the. You read us one more thing before we wrap this up. I mean, you you read off his stats, just a model of consistency. I mean, you said in his rookie year he had five interceptions, then he went to six, then he went to seven, then he went to six. I mean, just a great – he wouldn't have a, you know, ten interception season and then fall down to three and then go back up to eight. It was just a great model of consistency, and it's a great – you know, younger guys can watch tape of him and just learn from this guy. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, There was never a season where he didn't have less than two interceptions. Wow, and that's that's what really differentiates him. Because I just talking about Revis, there was like two or three seasons where he didn't have a single interception. Obviously, mm-hmm. the some of them were later in his career. But with Dion, after retiring for three years, missing three years, comes back in 04 and 05, One season has three, and then the next has two interceptions. That's what puts him at number one. And 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 now looking at this, I don't know who has the record for a corner of most interceptions in a season, but. The most Dion got was seven, but now that's honestly making me look at Champ Bailey even even greater because Champ Bailey had ten in a season, and that's actually held. Uh, it's held by Night Train Lane, fourteen interceptions, nineteen fifty two. Crazy, um, Dill. How do you feel about this list? Was it easy? Was it hard? What do you think? I didn't think it was that hard. It's as always, just you know, putting them in the right order. I mean, obviously, when I saw. We were going to be doing top five corners. I automatically thought, okay, Deion Sanders is number one, and I'll just build around him. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I think I knew I wanted Darrell Revis to be number two because I've always just liked watching Revis. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it was a pretty easy list in my opinion. Next week, are are we planning on doing safeties? What's what's the plan? With I think we're going to do safeties here, and then uh, I guess we'll close out the series. Maybe we'll do a little special team segment, just you know, For between sure. not doing top five kickers, top five punters. We'll do all combo of punters, kickers, and uh, return specialists. All right, for sure. Just do a yep. top five special teams. So we'll Eventually, we'll have two more weeks of the series. Then we're getting close to um, the season, obviously. So we'll have mm-hmm. more stuff to do about that. But a lot like, for the season. Hopefully, we can do you know division breakdowns or record predictions. You know, have people sure. on to do that. That would be a good way to you know get us ready for the season. I think one thing I definitely want to do eventually is something like an uh, an all time team, something like that. Uh, new guys. It's not necessarily who you think is the best, but we could go and uh, kind of eventually make an all time team of the players we would want to have on our team, who we'd want to coach, what kind mm-hmm. of energy, kind of build, build our own teams. Um, I think that would be, that would be pretty fun eventually too. Yeah. Um, but you know, that kind of brings us to the end of the day though. It's uh, it's been a technical difficulty. Day. Yeah. I'm extremely tired. Um, quite. Yeah. I definitely well, didn't think when I woke up this morning that this, uh, 
this podcast was going to take us. It's uh, I'm sitting here. It's almost uh, I think it's seven thirty seven. I have on my computer on my or the time on my computer right now. When we started this, you know, a little before noon or twelve thirty today, I really didn't yeah. think it was going to take us seven hours to get this whole episode done. But uh, never how about you uh, hold us out here? All right, um, you know, it's 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 it was great to record together for even just a short amount of time to get that experience recording together. Um, it'll only get better, like we always say. Um, you know, it's 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 been real, and we 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 do still promote our um, Instagrams, Dylan Al Podcast. Um, they're on Twitter, Instagram. Go follow us. It's where we're gonna be revealing guests for the future, and we're 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 really excited for these next couple of weeks. Just just because we're getting closer to the season. And like like we had today, we started fantasy predictions. So stay tuned. We're gonna have a lot coming to you guys. We're on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and a few others. But really, really, that's 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 all I can say right now. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just fun today. I actually wrote my our conclusions out Sunday night, and I was gonna say, you know, for you that you can't wait to wreck Mason, but you know, we uh, we already did that. So yeah, I uh, already wrecked Mason, man, uh, in football. Uh, and then I actually played with him on my team, and uh, we lost to Dylan. So Dylan technically wrecked both of us. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I guess since obviously um, we'll have another podcast next Tuesday, and we'll probably play football next Tuesday again. Um, I'm just gonna have to destroy you and Mason next week, Dylan. And uh, the, right. fan, the fans can stay. Yeah. Let me preview episode nine real quick before we get out of here. Episode nine, we're going to be talking about the top five, as we mentioned earlier, the top five greatest all time with the uh, safety position. And then my friend uh, Noah will be joining us with a topic to be determined. Hopefully we'll mold that about Thursday or Friday when we have our meeting and we will uh, try to get it out there just to get you guys excited for uh, next Tuesday's episode. Yeah, sure. So um, that's going to conclude the episode. I'll see you around, Dale. Peace. All right, bye.